Well, welcome. You are live at Elite Business Live as we go through our second day, our second and final day, and quite a pace it is too. Let's get this section cracking with a serial co-founder. He founded an organization known to you already, I would think, Perk Box. It is Europe's largest employee rewards platform. Uh, not only did he co-found it and was its CMO, it continues to thrive. He then went on to think about a different kind of health, our financial health. His latest creation is Mintigo, and I want to hear about it, but also, of course, what drove it. And like all good serial entrepreneurs, I know that our next guest, Chu Chow, will draw lessons that he's learned personally and in business along the way. Please welcome to Elite Business Live, Chu Chow. Good morning. How lovely to see you. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Now, my goodness, what does give you that spark to get up and say, let's go again? Because some friends or colleagues would go, you know what? You can relax now. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's who I am, I think. I think uh, I've told my wife, like, I just can't stop doing what I love. It's, oh. you know, it's easy to see success and, and that be the end, meaning you know, you've accomplished and created a great business. You just kind of hang up. Uh -huh. For me, it's more than that. It's, it's about creating new things, solving big problems, helping society, connecting with the community. These are all the things that I just love to do. And it so happens that with Mintigo, I get all of that. So Yeah, yeah and I'm we're going to hear. We're going to hear about it. So I won't steal your thunder on it but how about just in terms of approach to what extent are you approaching and this could be about mindset however broad you want to take the question how are you approaching this journey differently to the last it's, it's that's a very good question and i you know it, i think it's 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 not as easy as you would think right because i think i was naive to to kind of say hey look i've learned a lot before i'm just going to repurpose it um it's, it's about being really humble and just really kind of take it one step at a time mm -hmm. and, and actually solve the problems um, in the situation that it requires. It's in, and I think that gives me a lot of value and joy in life to kind of solve problems and, and to win to, and to create something new. And that's, that's really what drives me, really. I love it. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for agreeing uh, to be with us today at Elite Business Live. And I'm going to leave you, our viewer, in the very capable hands of a serial co-founder, uh, very much enjoying his latest adventure, Mintigo. But for now, it's over to you. Chu Cha. Thanks. Thanks, Ali. Oh. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so thanks to Elite Business as well. I can remember in 2011, I did actually meet with Steve uh, early on. So we've been partners uh, since. And uh, so you know, great to be back uh, here with you guys. So my talk today is about my story, my, my journey with Perkbox and now with Mintigo, the lessons learned and other top tips for founders and leaders. So that's me uh, moving on. Apologies for the screen. I'm not sure what happened, but Perkbox, started in 2011 um, and uh, it was a long journey. It was a story of pivots, uh, changes uh, and, and lots of other uh, crazy things that happened but it was very memorable. So we started in 2011. Um, this was uh, when group home was really popular. Uh, so me and my co-founders uh, decided to do something similar. It's like, wh why don't we just create something that is you know, really popular at the time, uh, which is a Groupon model, but just focus on the B2B uh, side of things and, and call it, so let's call it uh, Huddle Buy, which was the name of the business when we first started. We raised 350,000 pounds with, uh, with some angels. Uh, that was 
off the back of our CV. I used to work for Amazon and Microsoft, and it looked good to them, so, so that's how we got the money. Um, and quickly after that, we realized that that business model wasn't the model that actually could work. Um, and it was quite um, hard for us, because our investors say, look, we invested in this model, um, but what happened? It, it, it's not generating the revenues, uh, the leads we were getting weren't really valuable. Um, they were basically deal hunters that happened to be business owners. So we had to quickly pivot. Um, so from there, we had to start looking at other ways to monetize. So what we were good at is collecting lots of email addresses. And so we started um, repurposing that business to be a, an agency that did lead gen for other brands like Perkbox, so like Pitney Bowes and Zipcar, Zip, um, uh, Zipcar and what have you. Uh, and that was okay. It kind of allowed us to kind of pay the bills and keep the lights on, but it wasn't really us. And so we kept thinking about what else could we do. Um, so we decided to make it a closed community, and so we charged for it. So, so uh, Huddleby was uh, more of a premium service where we you know, charged people to access the benefits, and we thought that would be a good idea. It's a subscription model for, for the first time. And uh, that totally bombed, and like, oh gosh, okay, that's, that's strike two. Um, okay, let's, what else could we do? So we decided to continue looking, and luckily we found this organization called WorldPay. And so what WorldPay had was 200,000 SMEs, um, and they wanted to retain them. And we had a collection of really good deals and benefits, uh, but no access to the market. And so what we did was we, we white-labeled. Uh, they white-labeled our platform, and that's how WorldPay Benefits Clubs uh, got started. Um, and that was great. And we found out that we thought that was our, our ticket you know, to the future, and that we'd become an, some sort of white-label affiliate um, uh, loyalty uh, platform uh, provider. But... We never found another WorldPay in hindsight. But what did happen was people who were using the platform were asking for extra licenses to give to their staff. And they were saying, really like the business benefits, but my staff, my family, they like the personal perks as well. Can I get more licenses for that? And so for us, that became a light bulb moment. It's like, wow, what, what's, what's going on here? This is, I thought this was like a, you know, a B2B service for business owners, but they're asking for extra licenses. So we quickly scrambled and started selling more licenses to the employees. Uh, and that's how Perkbox started. But what's interesting was before we started the brand, I was, you know, had to really think about what we have. Um, and what we have was more than just what I didn't want to do is just sell a commodity and, and just have to that was really basic. What we realized and what I realized was that we were selling workplace happiness. Uh, and that was more than uh, what we had there. And so we had to really think about it. And that's how the Perkbox brand got created. We were selling workplace happiness. And with that, we started growing even faster and faster. The learnings of lead generation uh, that we had uh, previously, we recycled that. Instead of selling the leads, we used those leads um, for us, for Perkbox. And so what happened was we got really good at Facebook at the time. This is 2015. Um, we were generating thousands of leads a month, spending hundreds of thousands of pounds in media spend efficiently. That's inbound leads. Um, so that was our superpower, I guess you can say. And that really grew the business uh, to what it is. So now it's 150 uh, employees, tens of millions uh, of revenue, global, and I'm really proud of what we created. And the one lesson I learned from, from that was to always hire people smarter than me. Um, and so that's what I did. I uh, grew the marketing team, had a team of 25. Um, I made myself redundant <laughs> eventually. So that's really what happened. Um, and so in 2018, I decided to take a step back. It, and, and the team continued to grow and got 
you know, succeeded in many ways, won marketing awards, the company won multiple awards, and I was really proud to, to see uh, that progress. For me, it was more about what I'm good at, and so I realized that at that stage of the business, I wanted to do more than just be a CMO, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I wanted to really be part of the community. So I took a step back in 2018, and I looked around a bit more, and I realized, you know what, I, I think there's more to me than, than just sitting around, like Ali is saying. Uh, I wanted to do more. And so when I looked at financial health and well-being in the market, I realized that there's a lot to be done. Um, people can benefit from better financial health and well-being, but it's not there. Uh, and so that's how Mintigo got started. But it was a journey. It started two years ago, and it's, and I, you know, it's still very hard. So what happened with Mintigo was, to be totally honest, now, we were in the right place, but we had the wrong approach. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time building products and services that didn't connect, um, but it does now. Um, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is what we have. So Mintigo is a platform to help businesses and employees save money. And with that, we start with the business. The way it works is that businesses can save money through pension optimization. So one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that through salary sacrifice pension, businesses can really reduce their NI. Um, this is a government, so salary sacrifice is an HR, HMRC approved plan. Um, and it's designed by the government to encourage positive behaviors, financial behavior. So do you have salary sacrifice, um, childcare, cycle to work, and pensions. And so what we're doing is like we're helping the government explain and share this ability for people to save money on things that matter. And uh, what we feel that really matters is pensions. And so we're working with companies to help them reduce their NI. Um, and this is a lot of money, tens of thousands. Um, so you can go to a website and, and do your own calculations. But the reason why we're doing that with businesses to help them save money is not just for businesses to save money. Our bigger plan is to help their employees save money and be financially healthier. And that's my goal. So from optimizing the pensions for the employer, we create budget. And that's quite rare. Most companies can't walk into another company and say, hey, look, I can create budget for you and help you spend that. So we want employers to spend that good money that we're helping to save on the employees. So we start with a pension dashboard. The pension dashboard, for me, feels like it should be the future of all pension dashboards, meaning that employees need to take care of themselves and their, and their retirement. For example, 95% of millennials are underfunding their pensions. And that's scary. And, and the vast majority of them would retire below the poverty line. Um, that's a third of the workforce. So we feel like there's a care of duty as employers and leaders to, to address this. So that's, that's why we have the pension dashboard. It helps you find lost pension, consolidate pension, plan your retirement. And that's not all. We also have a journeys planner for other things uh, within the app. So we have education based around journeys, what I think is the future of financial education. So over a thousand pieces of content, and uh, I can talk forever. It's amazing. Come talk to us. Um, but the thing about Mintigo is that I struggle with expectations. I started that business, people thinking, yeah, you're the ex-co-founder of Perkbox. You're going to be amazing here. This is going to be great. But the truth is, every business is different. So being a serial entrepreneur doesn't mean it gets in any easier. If anything, it gets a bit harder because the expectations are there. So I have to be really honest with my team and the people around me. It's like, I'm learning just as much as you're learning. If we work together, we can really succeed. So that's Mintigo. And the next slide I'm going to share with you is a slide that I talked about with my 
employees earlier in this year. Um, and it was hard because we were, I felt like we didn't know who we were, at what stage of the business we are. And this is really important to kind of reflect. And so we're in the seed stage, but for a lot of people who've never been in that position, don't know what that means. So, so you know, it's, it's a lot there, but basically, I'm just gonna summarize. You know, in a seed stage, we're storming and forming all the time. You need to accept that. It's not gonna be calm, it's not gonna be a pleasant place all the time, but that's, the par that's part of the, 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 the environment. You know, we're trying to get product market fit. Um, you know, founding team's so important. Uh, we need to take care of them uh, and nurture them. And we're always switching and, and, and changing just to survive, and that's the key word to survive, because we're not gonna have a lot of capital, uh, we just need to kind of make it work. And then from there, you start looking at what, are what I call the structure stage, and that's about getting market traction, really understanding true product market fit, and not just the early adopters that love you, or you're trying really hard just to convince people to use it. The market should pull you in, and that should feel really good, uh, and that's when that becomes, uh, you know, more real, I suppose. Um, so more structure is created, you wanna value efficiency over flexibility, um, and the third stage, uh, this is where Perkbox is now, it's about scaling. Um, you know, there's focus on management, leadership, you know, with 150 uh, people, there's, there's a SLT uh, with 10 people. Uh, it's systems driven and you want to hire for people that are uh, keen on that. You want to hire specialists. And that's a really interesting point here that prior to the scale-up stage, and so my experience at Perkbox, having generalists was so, so important, um, especially in marketing. You're doing so many different things. And, and it got to a point where it was actually really hard because some of my early employees, which I loved so much and, and really cared for, uh, felt out of place. And I had to kind of let some of them go because they weren't happy. They were, you know, before doing all sorts of things. And now they had to specialize, doing less, more of a few things. So that's a natural transition, but something you should look forward to. Um, and lastly, culture management. Culture is so important and it's a function of everyone you hire. The more people you bring in, the more complex it is within the culture, and the more senior the person, the more impactful it is to the culture. So bear that in mind. And here are some notes that I can, uh, and, and, and points or statements I, I say is, is very important to kind of convey. Hopefully you remember some of these. For me, when people ask me, if you, can, you have to sum up everything that you've done, um, what are the kind of words that would come into mind? Um, I'd say resourcefulness and resilience. Uh, saved us. Uh, for example, you know, growing a small business, you need to be resourceful. You need to hire people that are resourceful because you won't have the answers, but you need to know how to fix problems and find the answers. And those who are really good at that are very, very important to the growth of the business. And you also have to be resilient, resilient because you're going to make mistakes. Things are going to change. You're going to pivot. But if you don't have those two working side by side, things will fall apart. And so for me, that's our secret to success. It's not about how much you know, how intelligent you are, but the drive you have based on those two points. Second message, communication is usually the cause of most people's issues. Um, you know, most companies, or companies in theory, is just a collection of people that decided to work together and show up every day. We are just dealing with people every day. And so when you think about problems, and you really think about what caused these problems, and like nine out of 10 times uh, I reflect back, I could just say it's, it's, it's a communication problem, every time almost. Um, and so admit that, talk about that, and encourage people to say, hey, how can we improve 
our feedback, our listening skills, our communication skills, our planning skills. Planning is a part of communication as well. And, and, and admit what you're good at, um, you know, for me, and, and what you're not. And I think that's part of the communication process as well. So really important that we, we embrace that. Next point, um, hire missionaries and not mercenaries, especially in the beginning. Um, the reason why I say that is, is when you're really young and really small, um, there's going to be a lot of you know, bumps along the way. And every time there's a bump, someone's asking, do I still believe in this? Is this still worth it? Do I want to continue? Well, if you hire missionaries, that's a lot easier to connect and, and convey with. But if you have mercenaries, they're going to think, well, hold on, I joined for this role, and it's no longer this role, and I got paid before that, and I want this and that. It became very, very hard to motivate mercenaries when you're changing all the time. That said, um, the reason why it's so important in the beginning is because there's so few people involved, and every individual has so much impact on the rest of the community. Granted, if you're larger, 100, 150, you can hire mercenaries. So really good at one thing, they show up to get the job done, not a problem. It's just at the stage of business, I think, it would be really important to recognize that. Focus on the inputs and not just on the outputs. So recently, I think, and it occurred to me that you know, we were just obsessed with hitting our revenue targets and getting our numbers. And the truth is, revenue, for example, is an output. We should be celebrating everything else that leads up to getting the revenue, you know, the sales strategy, the marketing, how we work, how we plan together, and celebrate those successes. And if you do and you focus on them, hopefully the output, which is the revenue, is there. So definitely, um, that's important. And lastly, culture is the glue. Um, people that play together stay together. Well, I, I didn't come up with that. I, just, I heard it somewhere and it sounded nice, so that's why it's there. Um, but the reality is culture is really important, and it is the glue. And as, as, as you have a good culture, everything I said before gets easier. If you want a culture that you know, fosters resilience and, um, and resourcefulness, um, create that nurture that, right? And it's not just going to happen. And if you recognize that and talk about and use that word, culture, this is the culture we want, this is the culture we don't want, and when you talk in front of your teams, it becomes real and it becomes something they want to take care of. Culture for me is like a living entity. You have to nurture it. It'll go bad, it'll, it'll atrophy, it won't look good if you don't take care of it. So it's everyone's responsibility to manage culture. Um, and uh, and that, with that, I uh, thank you very much. Fantastic. Chew chat. That was first class. Thank you very much. Awesome. I hope you'll agree with me uh, tuning in. Uh, that is exactly what I'll be watching on replay uh, when we put this out through Elite Business. There was so much uh, good stuff in there. I'm going to ask you a few questions now before our panel, if that's okay. Sure. Um, and we'll go quick fire because um, yep. it, it stirred up so many thoughts in, in my mind, uh, which is always a good thing. Um, number one, how in practice do you convince somebody to leave what might be a very comfortable, very well-paid job, potentially in a big corporate like the one you left, knowing that they're joining a very early stage venture. What, what should we think about? Because ultimately, bringing in that senior leadership will be crucial. Yeah. Well, it's, for me, it's, it's telling the story, the story of what you want to build and wh where you want to go. Um, people join, uh, at this stage, uh, 
for the belief that the future will be really good. And you just have to share the vision with them. And if you have shared visions, that's the easiest way to get them on board. Yeah, that's a very powerful piece of storytelling. And in terms of the storytelling you do to yourself, to what extent is it useful to say, you know, Mintigo will be a billion, a hundred billion, a million dollar company? Is there, is there any point in even scaling your ambition? I see Mintigo, for me, the, the gauge of success is the impact we have on society. Mm. And, and the more people we can solve problems for, um, the better we are as a company. I think that's, that's our milestone. Yeah, and the, the revenue, the growth, the scale should be a reflection of that versus that's where our guiding light is. So, so to what extent are there other numbers in mind? Because you're suggesting that it could be about reach more than about height or scale of organization. Yeah. Social impact, reach, uh, you know, getting feedback from you know, organizations that say, hey, look, I've actually, we've helped people change their lives yeah. and, and at this number. You know, and is there, is there a number in your mind? Yeah, of course, the uh, big uh, millions and, you know, across Europe. Yeah. Uh, we're here to create a, you know, I'm a tech person, so I see technology as an enabler yeah. uh, for society. And so with that, it lends itself to really scaling. So yes, UK now, Europe, and then hopefully the world. Fascinating. So um, I think, if you will allow me to say so, you seem hugely affable, very likable individual. What have you learned about how to have difficult conversations? Um, be honest, uh, be honest and be humble, um, you know, recognize your role in the organization, uh, that you're the CEO, you don't have to exert your authority all the time. If anything, do the opposite, say, hey, I'm vulnerable, I need help, I need you to step up because I'm not perfect. And with that, you build the bonds, you build that mm. uh, trust. It works for me. Uh, and I think I would, uh, but it's, it's, not, it's not always for everyone. And mm. so you have to find your way of management. But for me, having being that empathetic leader is really the style that I, I subscribe to. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful. The way you talk about culture interests me in terms of how it's seeded, how it's um, almost cultivated, uh, to, to go with your analogies there. How do you do that at a distance? I can see how we might break bread together, play together mm. in a literal sense. Very difficult in lockdown, very difficult remote working. Well, I think to be a great leader, you need to repeat a lot. What's important to you, you need to say, and it gets boring sometimes, but you have to keep saying, have to keep repeating, this is what our values are, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. And people remember, because that's what I, I learned at Breakbox, is as you get bigger, they'll ask you the same questions over and over again. Yeah. Why did you start this business? How did you get, like, and I, re I realized that for that person, it's the first time. For you, maybe the, f the hundredth time, but it doesn't matter. Repeat and really emphasize what's important, and that's how you really make a difference. Yeah, and it's that sort of repetition within, um, within the business itself. A um, little bit on uh, going back to the perk box days, what reflection would you have about, I guess, the evolution of perks? Uh, mm. what, what are we seeing that we weren't seeing um, five, six years ago? Well, perks now has really evolved. I think we came uh, into a time where SMEs never had access to perks. So the, the, the thought back then was you have to join uh, a Microsoft or a, an Amazon to actually access perks. And so we democratized perks. And that was really our, our, our gateway into yeah. to, to, uh, to the market. Now perks is more about hyper-personalization. Mm -hmm. What more can you offer the individual? But also 360 understanding of the employee, what drives them? It's not just perks. It's reward and recognition. It's all these other things that Perkbox offer. Um, it's about 
upgrading your management because managers have always taken the back seats. Hey, like we're gonna, you know, give employees stuff and hopefully that will just do its stuff and do its magic. No, you have to be a more proactive manager now mm. and use these tools and technologies to help you be better managers because you can't take away management still. Mm. It's still very valuable. We've seen and read so much about uh, mental health, mental well-being within organizations. What do you think has driven the rise of um, that conversation? Well, clearly COVID, right? Uh, we're living through that right now. Uh, people are living remotely. Um, social norms have changed. You know, people who used to think that, oh, these are things that you don't talk about are forced to talk about it. You know, I'm not feeling good because why? Well, let's, let's talk about it because I'm not going to be in the same room. You just have to be there. That's your moment on Zoom to talk about it. And it's okay. Yeah. And not only that, it's, it's okay across society. So, so managers are saying, like, I can talk to my teams about this because other managers are doing this. Mm. And I think that's, that's how things change. But, you know, this was an abrupt change for a lot of us. We're like, we're thrust into this mm. COVID situation. Um, but it's important that we talk about it. Well, can I, can I just draw you on that a little bit? Because we hear about the swan analogy, serene on the surface, paddling like hell underneath. And for a certain type of leader, projecting confidence, certainty, um, m may seem inauthentic. Um, mm. you know, and mm. you seem to be talking a little bit this morning about showing vulnerability. So how does a leader tread that line? Uh, and how they project uh, the persona they adopt? Sure, sure. I think what I, I say is project what you know you're good at. So always, what I've come to learn over the years is that just be honest with yourself and, and talk about what you're good at and what you're not. And I think that's really powerful because it's like you can't project because you look inauthentic when you try to do everything mm -hmm. and fail at certain things and kind of brush it off and say, hey, that was this and that and the other. Mm -hmm. But if you're really good at certain things and say, like, I'm good at being creative and I'm just going to take that, I'm going to run with that, um, helps a lot. And not only that, surround yourselves with great people that, you, that you're not good at. So let me go a bit more personal, if you don't mind. Uh, humbly, what is your superpower? And <laughs> where is your Achilles heel that you mm. have to strengthen? I think it's quite clear to my team. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm creative. I, I, I'm a blue sky thinker. Um, I get excited uh, when opportunities arise. Um, I'm not good at the operational side of things. I'm not, that's, that's too petty. <laughs> I need you to uh, help with that. Um, and the thing is, it's, it's about you know, working through those difficulties and those mm -hmm. challenges, but it, it's, it's good. It's been a great journey, uh, just being open and honest. I think this time around, I'm more myself than I was at Perkbox because I feel like I'm a bit older. I don't need to really you know, hide anything anymore. Yeah, you can, you can be most yeah. alive. Yeah. Um, so how do you know which of your ideas are any good? Uh, they'll just tell me. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> or the market tells us actually. Well, well, that will be a theme we'll come to uh, in our panel discussion shortly about that customer feedback. I mean, I, I have this tiny theory, um, Chu, perhaps it's just in Britain, particularly around pensions and financial management. Um, is it because we live in the moment, we think we're immortal? If um, the powers that be said, you know, how do we get people thinking differently about their financial wealth and, you know, on a, on, a, on a world stage, but, but also, let's say it was number 10. How can we do that? Because it seems to be the seeds are sown at a very young age. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a big problem. I think society is, is very commercialized. That's the big, biggest problem. Uh, you know, we're taught to live for today. Uh, the social media, everything is, is grounded on that kind of notion. We need to kind of really disrupt that somehow uh, and really make it clear to people that certain things you just need to do. 
And I think that takes you know, families and governments and employers to really come together. So for us, we're tackling this to the employer route. We think that the, the, the boss, the, the, that organization, have enough clout to really push through these key messages around pensions. Okay, because actually in the Perkbox scenario, you're almost united with a connector brand in yeah. WorldPay, that route. Yes. So, um, yeah. so today, if you scan the business landscape, who inspires you? Who are your role models out there? Wow. Um, I think all the SMEs are out there struggling and working really hard. I think that's, that's I read about it all the time. It's like, you know, in the stories they have, it's, it's the big corporations are very resilient because of the resources they have. In mm. times of COVID and what you've seen over the last 12 months, you know, I get inspiration for the people who don't have much and doing with, with what they can. So to what extent um, have you been able to find mentors for yourself? Because somebody watching might think, I keep hearing this concept of a mentor, whether or not they're wearing robes and with a long gray beard or not. But how does it work in practice? How have you found your guides? Sure, um, well, just use LinkedIn. Uh, my, my advice is to ask a little from a lot of people versus the other way around. Ah. Because a lot of people are very busy and says, look, I have one question. Can you help me with this or that? And reach out to people. I'm sure they will do that. And time is the biggest sort of restraint for people. Uh, Does an example, if you don't mind, it's sure. not too personal. Does an example come to mind of someone you did that to and somehow really changed you? Oh, goodness. I can't remember recently. There's lots of people I talk to all the time. Mm. Um, I yeah, prefer not to mention names. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I do have people but that But it's I a technique you used and you, you know... You, I, I'd say, like, look, look for specific problems that you may have because uh, they quite like that. And it says, yeah. look, I have a problem trying to understand, you know, sales or marketing or anything like that. And that you've been really good at that. Can you please explain to me how you did this? Yeah. And just have that. And, says, and I'll be very grateful you, you know, spend 10 minutes yeah. of your time. And I had a great piece of advice exactly on that line from Mark Evans, marketing director of Direct Line, who said, just be specific, admire a quality in someone and ask for more on it. Really, really powerful. Um, well, I hope you're going to stay with us uh, for the panel discussion. There's Would lots you? more uh, still to come. But for now, uh, Chu Chow, uh, well, serial entrepreneur, but co-founder of Perkbox, and now Mintigo, and it's something we will be looking out for. And we, I'm, I'm, uh, is it too early for us as individuals to get involved? Do we have to wait to a company near us to get involved? No, no, it's, it's live, it's running, it's great. Come, come, uh, come to our website, mintico.com. Uh, like I said, businesses can save a lot of money. Just do, there's a calculator, our teams are on standby. Uh, we'd love to t tell you more about how salary sacrifice pension can really help your business. Love it. Save money and your employees as well. There you go. It's a good strategy. It's live, it's running, it's great. I mean, it's very important Absolutely. to say. <laughs> please, uh, yeah. Chicha, please stay with us. But for now, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Bye.